Hello, and welcome to the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. I am your host, R.T. Fleming. I'm here to help you find your next digital pick from the golden age to the present. Since I was a kid, I have been reading comics, and I have never lost my love of comic books. I try to pass on that excitement for comic books to others, always looking for that next fantastic read, or discovering an old favorite. Hello and welcome to episode 31 for Wednesday, May 11, 2022. Today is the second episode today and the third one this week. And hopefully, I'm lucky, one more yet to come. No, that's not me bragging. It's me pleased that all these episodes either feature indie publishers or Kickstarters. For this episode, I am so pleased to have Thomas Nichols. He's Exhibit A for Why I Did the Podcast. I have no idea how he entered my radar, but I'm glad he did. He's putting out some great comics, and I hope you'll enjoy him as a guest. We both laughed so hard. Now, if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for the support. I appreciate it. New listeners, please, please stick around. I try to do a different type of podcast where interviews and episodes are short, usually 30 minutes or less. If you like what you hear, Please spread the word, review, rate, talk about the podcast, look at the show notes. Please follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media is out there. The more listeners who tune in, the more who might check out a new comic or help fund a Kickstarter campaign. You are free to message me on Instagram, Twitter, or email me at fantasticcomicfan, all one word, at google.com. Now let's get on to the podcast, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did taping it. Hello, welcome to the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. Today, I am welcoming Thomas Nichols, who is a man with many hats. Before we go into that, um, why don't you tell our uh, listeners how you got to start the comic books and what got you like, I am now a comic book fan. Uh, when I was about uh, 10 years old, maybe even nine, my pops took me to a, a comic book store for the first time. And I never even knew what exact, I never been to a comic book store. I only seen it on TV before. He took me to a comic book store and, and that from the moment I walked in, it was over and done with. I already knew that I was into it. I liked the artwork already. So what did you buy? What, what, was your, what did your pops get you back? What were some of your first comics? Okay, the first comic book that I ever got that I read like 80 times <clears throat> was a um, a Starship Troopers comic book. It was uh, Starship Troopers, I believe it was called Brute Force, I believe is what it was called. Um, I don't remember the issue number, actually, but I remember seeing the movie as a kid, and I was like, there's a comic book on this, and I immediately... Because I like the I like the movie. I thought the movie was cool, and and I I couldn't believe there was even a comic book even around this movie. So I immediately just picked it up and started reading it right then and there. So you've been hooked with comic books ever since. Yeah, for sure. Now what is it, now I'm bringing Tom on here because he's, he has written a comic book, but if you go to his website, um, it actually is comedian, writer, actor, visionary, and it was not what I expected from a comic book creator. Nothing wrong with that. We were joking about that um, before we started. Um, he, um, it's very interesting. He, uh, he's a stand-up comedian based out of Dallas, Texas. Um, he has a unique, whip-smart observation stand for everything from cartoons to politics to pine- pineapple Fanta. 
Yeah. <laughs> He's a laid back, funny man that transitions seamlessly from one light and tightly crafted joke to another in the course of a single set. His unique brand of friendly, effortless, cool, and his quick wit have media uh, have him made him a favorite recurring guest on the most popular clubs across the country. So he's actually been around people. He's just not somebody that just sits in the shower and uh, does his comedic act. He's actually been performing around. So how does one go from being a comedian to writing comic books? Uh, well, I'd say writer's block started that. It was <laughs> it was it was a writer's block moment. I probably started writing uh, comic books, but technically, I, I I had a writer's block really bad about six years into my stand-up career I got some writer's block really bad and I didn't know what to do I was freaking out and I had this idea I was like I should write something else besides jokes let's write something else maybe that'll get whatever gears in my head moving and I ended up writing this having this idea of simply a, a pig that went to a bank to rob it but he was like a piggy bank and I thought it was funny that a piggy bank be robbing a bank. And that's all, that's exactly where it started right there. I wrote that sketch out and it was just a pig getting chased by cops eventually after robbing the bank. And then uh, I, I left it alone for a while because my writer's block was gone and I started writing jokes again. And I was doing stand up again, but that sat in my computer for a while. And- From that came your comic book, Just Us Cops, that, right? That's exactly where it came from. Exactly. And, you're up, and you just had a recent issue just getting released on May 13th. What issue is that? Uh, issue five. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about just us cops so they can understand your quirkiness and everything about it. It looks like a really unique comic book and very different than what's out there right now. Well, Just Us Cops is a, is a pretty much a buddy cop comedy about two cops that go around and arrest old cartoon characters. Um, and, and or familiar faces, quote unquote. You might see know some of them. You might not. Some some of the issues it might have new characters in them that have uh, that I just thought of on my own, just making fun of other other cartoon characters. But they definitely like. It's just it's really me and my mentor on a road trip. We used to do stand up together. He doesn't do stand up anymore, uh, but we used to do stand up together and we take trips and we would talk. We just like make fun of each other a lot, and it was pretty funny. It was pretty much so. It, it's pretty much him going to arrest cartoon characters. That's all it is. We thought it was a good idea to just be cool to be cops one day and just arrest cartoon characters. And we just started going from there. Now, you're the writer, and the person that illustrated is Emi Utera. Did yeah. I say that right? U Utera, yeah. Who yep. is that person? Emi, man, he, he uh, uh, I'll be preface this. He's a fantastic artist, an amazing. Because I, I, I was like, how did you find this guy? Because this guy has some amazingly <laughs> great art. I mean, you two yeah. sync up just, so good. You both have got to be having a ton of fun doing this comic book. Well, uh, the first, well, actually, the first issue of Justice Cost was drawn by um, uh, a lady named Ren Kelly. She drew okay. that. And and she couldn't do any more of the book. She she ran into some issues, and it was a big thing. And I almost stopped doing the book for, for a while because I wanted to stay with the same artist. <clears throat> and uh, I ended up going to a Facebook group. But I, I had the script. I had the script for issue for book two, and I ended up going to a Facebook group looking for an artist. I just had to try it out. I had to see how it was going to go, and I posted about it. 
uh, that I was looking for an artist. And if anybody's interested in this, pay work, et cetera, et cetera. And Emai drops his profile in there. And, and he dropped it in the comments. And that was one fun part about doing the comic book. I know it might be going on a little tangent, but the fun thing about doing a comic book independently is looking at the artists that want to work with you or just artists work in general. Artists have like an amazing profile. There's so many different art forms that I got to look at looking for an artist for the book. And um, this is perfect. He's, he's a perfect fit for you. Dude, I don't, he, he, he matched it himself though. Like the stuff he sent me did not match what really? he presented. Yeah, this is all new. Like the stuff he has in those books are all new from him. His profile is completely different. Um, but he actually said, yeah, I can I can definitely match that. And he matched it with it. And the thing is, Ima speaks no English at all. You know, let me pause for a second. I had another guy, and I forget which comic book it is. Um, but his artist is, I believe it's Anthony Stokes that um, interviewed him the other day. His artist is Portuguese. Mm-hmm. And he speaks no English, and they translate through something through Google. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, so again, yeah. it's, it's another familiar <laughs> thing where you've got uh, creators, the writer and the artist, and you say he speaks no English, right? No English at all. So, so how the heck do you actually master getting? Because you do sync up really well. It's like <laughs> you and I talking, and I'm like, you're like, he speaks no, no, no English. No English. What, what language does he speak? He speaks Spanish for sure. So like, like no, nothing. no, yeah. You're like, no, yeah, nothing no. but it. He's, so you, so you he don't lives speak, in, you don't speak Spanish, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I barely speak English. So I can't. I, 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 I get that way someday. Right? <laughs> so how did you two like communicate and get together and go, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, we used, um, eventually, like, he, we just started talking about comics, and I learned a little bit more about him, and how long he's been doing it. Like, his favorite comic book is, comic book hero is Green Lantern. He loves Green Lantern, so we talked about that for a little bit. But um, eventually, I was like, all right, I want to work with this guy, but he speaks nothing but, but Spanish. I don't know how to work. I had no idea. But at the time, to talk to him through Messenger, Facebook Messenger, we were just using Google Translator. So I was like, I wonder if I can just translate this through the whole script through Google Translator, send it to him, and he can read everything, understand what's going on, see the point of it, and it make it happen. Pretty good. It worked out perfectly. Perfect. So there we go. Uh, for, actually, advertising for Google. We won't even charge Google for the advertising. <laughs> <laughs> actually, he, start, he did book two. He started on book two. And I got to say, book two was a fan favorite. I sold the most copies of book two than I sold of any other copy. It's, mo- it's the most requested copy. Book four right now, and I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, loving it so much. So um, is this all ages or mostly for teens or adults? Or how would you classify the comic for yourself? I, I always tell adults to read it first before you give it to your kids. I'm, I made it mainly for adults, but it's not really too much adult no, stuff in it. That's to what that. Like, I don't see much for adults, but I don't think it's necessarily in all ages. I want right. to your spin on it. So you just say, read it for yourself and you think it's good, well, then pass it on to somebody, but don't give it to your four-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, don't give it to your four, four-year-old off the back. That's not good. You don't want to do that. I always preface regardless, but that's also, I also take that as like, I definitely say it's for like teenagers, but you know, when it comes to any comic book, I always tell parents to read it first because I get parents that want to suggest books to their kids. And of course, I have ideas of what comic books are out there that could be good suggestions for your kids. But I always tell them, read the book first, at least look through it. Before you know, you because there was a long, because I keep telling people, I was like, 
we're actually living in a, in a new golden age of comic books because there's so much, like I said, there's so much out there. For, mm-hmm. And when I was growing up, there wasn't no kids' comic books when I was growing up. You know, not mm. nothing geared specifically toward kids. Mm. I wouldn't necessarily have given them the detective comics, even the Spider-Man comics, because it was like some of the stuff was like, I don't know. I mean, you know, yeah, it might be yeah. okay for a 12 or 13-year-old, but definitely not a 10 or 11-year-old. So, right. <laughs> but um, so when did you first put the first issue out? What year? Uh, put the first book out. That was uh, 2000, I'm going to say 18. Okay. Either 18 or 17. It was one of the two. And okay. uh, that that took a while. I, <clears throat> I was nervous putting it out. I mean, you know, at the time, cops were coming up being like, you know, looked at very different. And but the but the premise of the book was. The premise of the the comic book was so funny that I had to try it. I had to go for it. It was no way I could not. I couldn't sleep not thinking I can't put this out. And uh, eventually I put it out and I got a lot of flack for it when I first put it out, like a lot. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I, I had to keep going. It was no way. It, it, when I put it out, and got all the flack. I looked at it and I was like, they really, but they haven't read the book. They were looking at it, but didn't actually read the book and pay attention. Yeah, to it. yeah. And I and I knew for a fact that once a person would read the book and give it a shot, and they saw what it was, they would think either it's super funny or okay, I see what you're doing, and I like it. So this is basically you're also the publisher, correct? Yeah. How? Why? Why did you like have somebody else publish it? Uh, because I I wanted to see personally where my books are going. Okay. You know, I, I like when I, I go to a comic book store and I want to be able to actually talk to the people that are handling this book because I mean the, the comic book isn't just uh I, I didn't pay for this comic book to be made just to be thrown in the back somewhere or you know and on, on a shelf where nobody's actually able to even see that it's there, you know what I mean? How does it feel um, to be a publisher? I mean, oh, it was it everything? It feels great. It feels amazing. It's a lot sometimes, but you know, being able to still know what, that my comic books are in good care. Because I go to comic book stores all the time and I see some of these comic book stores. I'm like, I don't like the fact that my, I wouldn't like my book to be in here. I probably buy from that comic book store, but I wouldn't like my book to be in here. So I won't even talk to them about getting my book in there. You know? Now, we, we briefly talked about this before um, the podcast started. And you're a minority person, which to me doesn't make mm-hmm. any difference whatsoever. I don't care about that. But you're right. a black man doing mm-hmm. comic books and yes there's lots of black people men women all doing comic books mm-hmm. but there's still not that many right so what as a black fan what uniqueness do you put into your comic books that's different than oh i don't know um jeff johns or brian michael bendis or uh i i, I would say just the the idea of you not even knowing exactly what I am as a minority. You have no idea. And I, I kind of like that idea of just being like you can read a book and you can't tell. You know, because um, I did. I had no idea. And like I said, I don't care who people are, what they right. do. But I'm like, mm-hmm. you popped up. I'm like, wow, it's a black man. Yeah. <laughs> you right, know? Writing a book about cops, which is like. <laughs> I know. It's like an oxymoron. Do, like. Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah. like I said, like it, it goes in the in the midst of like almost everything I do. Just you know, I, I want to find something that nobody's ever, not necessarily ever, but nobody's touching on a, a topic or an idea that nobody has done before. Uh, granted, you know, you have uh, very few buddy cop comedies, but you actually you don't really have buddy cop comedies. You have buddy cop comic right. books. You don't have buddy cop comedy. You probably have Police Academy, which is the closest that you're probably going to get to a buddy cop comedy and just the idea that that has never been touched and i like i like comic books as well as cartoons so much like older cartoons so much that i want to put them together and and make a world that nobody thinks would even come close to even existing you know, you, you know as again it's i can't wait for people to actually because there'll be links to your website i'll be posting information there'll be stuff on my website and the show notes I cannot, it's so hard to express how cool this comic is. It really is uniquely put together, different. I mm -hmm. mean, it, it, it has to stick out, you know. And mm -hmm. I had to get you on to promote it because I'm like, wow, this is something not being done. It's not the same old superheroes or the same old whatever. It's right. somebody out there and a black man. No. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> 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 uh, but no, it, it's 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 an independent creator who has a different voice, which is unique that we don't see enough in the comic books. Mm -hmm. Or if, if they are out there, they get lost in the comic book shelves because there's so much being mass produced right. on a monthly basis. Now, that, are, that these, is, are these sorry, comics available at a digital format or just strictly physical? Uh, these are physical and downloadable. You can go to the website, my uh, website tncomedy.net, and you can download them right off there. Um, and, or you know, you can order physical copies from me if you want to do that as well. Uh, I just set the, the online store so you can order physicals from me, and uh, I've been doing that, and those been going pretty well. So with me just getting these books, these stocks of book, and I have to you know update it again, but I do have stocks in so. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot, but it's so much fun to be able to see people's reaction to these books that I got to get more and get them out to them. So. Oh, it is. It's a, you know, I'm looking at the cover to number three. It's a, it looks like it's a ghost themed cover. And it's just so, so cool. Um, so do you actually want to have other comments besides Justice Cops in the future? Do you have other oh. ideas percolating? Oh, for sure. Uh, I actually have one book that I necessarily can't talk about. That's but I, I do have another comedy coming out, <clears throat> but I also have a horror book that's coming out and uh, that's coming out in October. It's called T-Horror and I'm a big horror fan and I, I, I wanted to do a, um, a horror series for a long time. And uh, this is it strictly is, horror or horror comedy? Strictly horror. Strictly horror. Um, I'm so excited about it. I haven't even released the cover yet. Actually, I could show you the cover specifically. Uh, I think that'd be cool. I, but I don't want to show anybody yet, to be honest with you. That's okay. <laughs> but the thing is, this book is, the T-Horror is, is, is coming out October 1st. And I will be going back on tour with my comedy to not only do stand-up, what I love to do, but also promote comic books and sell comic books on the road, which I love to do as well. Yeah, and uh, Let's pause for a second. Yes, you're a stand-up comedian who also happens to be a comic book writer. How does mm -hmm. that mix together? I, I, it, this is the thing this is the craziest thing about it it doesn't mix together it feels like it doesn't mix at all but it feels so perfectly when i when i talk about it like it's it's um it's one of those things that 
I am able to present to an audience, because sometimes I, I do sell it after show, sell books after shows. <clears throat> I'm able to present it to an audience where an audience will say, I never thought I would see that, but it fits so perfectly for what you do, you know, and 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 it it just it just works. But at the same time, I'm bringing something else that I love with something that I love. So it just works, you know, okay. it fits perfectly. Passion meets passion, that's all it is. Okay. Um what else do you want to say before you wrap this up about your comic book or anything in general? This is your this is your spotlight. <laughs> uh, Which is actually I, an oxymoron because there's a lot of black people. I don't need no spotlight, man. I just want to get the spotlight. I get get that off of me. Get the spotlight yeah. off of me. I get in trouble. No, come on. Oh, uh, but. I will say this, like uh, you mentioned, like you feel like right now is the new age of com uh, comic books. And I got to say, I love the older style comic books, personally. It's something about the, the way that it was hand-drawn that was just amazing. And of course, like we don't have a lot of books for kids, of course, but that hand-drawn artwork is something yeah. that really inspired me. I like to really get like deep, like look specifically in the book for the little dots that are in there or stuff like that. I love that stuff. The details is crazy. Um, and, and to a degree, I want to do that with uh, a Justice Cops issue at some point. Um, when do you have the next issue coming out after five? Any idea? The next issue after five, I've released it yearly. This is one series that I release yearly. Okay. Now, the the T-Horror series would probably be released monthly or every other month. It's just the funding for that I have that I have to really get together. This is all my money that I put forward. No, I am, I yeah. Really, and that, I, you know, I'm impressed with that, that. This is your money, your time, your effort. You're putting it, you know. You're using your resources to do this and make it successful. I'm very impressed with that. Could you actually do Dust the Cop more than once a year in the uh, future? Uh, in the, I, I would think so in the future, yeah. I, I see me doing Justice Cops, you know, more than once a year in the future time. Of course, it's going to take some time to get there. But I, I think, you know, the more I tour, like all the all the tour money goes toward the next issue, pretty much. Gotcha. So any money that I make on tour goes to the next issue as well as buying back issues for other stuff, for other comic books. Um, and I, I'm, I'm super excited for y'all to see the book, uh, the, the book five. I'm so excited the 13th, for the 13th. I will have yeah. links in the, in the um, show notes. I will be posting it on my Twitter and Instagram information and on the Fantastic Comic Con website. Tom, thank you so much for joining me today. This is a very fun podcast um, interview, and I hope you come back again. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate okay. it, Ronald. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you, a fantastic comic fan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.